Welcome to Ease, the entertainment and showbiz experiences podcast. It's all things entertainment based, how to get into it and how to develop it into something once you are ready to move on. All the information people didn't tell you, forgot to tell you, or were too busy to tell you, all told through personal experiences. Director and creator of the social movement dance company, Elijah Gibson, takes time from his busy schedule to sit down and talk to me this week. On the heels of opening his show, Human Condition, we talk about all things movement. We dive deep into understanding the source of the movement, Chicago history, being part of the legacy that is Gus Giordano and starting his own company. He pushes past boundaries and inspires people daily. We join the conversation when Elijah is discussing his journey through college. Take a listen to this week's one-on-one. Else. I don't even know how I ended up at the school I, I went to. I don't even remember applying to that school, but um, went there. I was a biology major with a minor in chemistry um, and, you know, participated in a lot of different acti- um, groups, clubs. Um, one of the clubs I was in was it was a gospel choir called Soul Lifters. And the friend of mine who was in the club, she invited me to see a show that she was in. And there was a student run choreograph production that the dance department put on. So I asked her, I'm like, how do you get a chance to do these things? And she's like, I'm a dance major. And I was like, mm. you can get a degree, you can get a degree in dance. Like I have no idea. Um, mm-hmm. And so, so I knew that there was a dance building. I um, was also part of NAACP. And one of our annual things we would do was to hold a fashion show where we had a band that was a local band in Houston that was supposed to play. And two days before as, I was on the committee, they canceled. And so jokingly, I said, well, I'll tap dance for you. And everyone kind of laughed. Um, And I laughed too, because I was joking. Well, then, not even kidding. um, It was the day before. They sent me a message asking me if I could do something. I'm like, "Um, well, I don't do that anymore. So, but yeah, so I went to the dance building. I knew that there was one there. And I was in there practicing. The head of the the department at the time, Dana Nicolay, he walked in, saw me. I thought I was going to get in trouble. Mm-hmm. But then he walked off. And then so he came back again. And he did that about six times before he asked, actually asked me who I was and what I was doing. Told him who I was and that I was what I was doing there and that my friend Tanika was a dance major. Um, he slowly, I, I, he didn't waste any time. It wasn't even a week later till Tanika came up to me and said, why don't you come take a dance class? And this was my sophomore year of school. Mm-hmm. So I went over there, took a class, made it my minor right away, and then eventually switched it to my major. Oh. And that's basically how it all started you know yeah so you really didn't have the like traditional go to dance class every you know three times a week and you did you you did it more recreationally until you kind of fell into it in in college yeah because even when i first moved to texas i mean we're trying to find other things this to do but you know it was hard there especially not not trying to conform to what it was that you should be doing as a male and a female, quote unquote, you know. Mm-hmm. And then so I did find a dance studio and we I took some classes then, but actually quit. I didn't stay very long, you know. And um, so until I went to college, it wasn't really, I didn't really start formally training or anything until then. Did you feel like you were at a disadvantage starting so late? Or did you feel not, like your body was like ready to go and pick up? Not this? at all. You know, and it's weird. I think I hear people who say, oh, I started so late. I'm, sorry. I'm like, who cares? I, I'm like, you don't. You started exactly when you were supposed to start. Who's right. to say that if I would have started when I was younger, that I would be even any good? I teach mm-hmm. a lot of kids who will come and say, I've been dancing for 12 years. And I'm like, girl, it looked like you just started yesterday. <laughs> so like, you know what I mean? It's that yeah. kind of a thing. You know, you just take it for what it is. Do, did I sometimes wish I'd started earlier? I'm like, yeah, but I didn't feel like I was at a disadvantage. I mean, 
you work your butt off until you yeah. get what it is you need to, you know, and it, I just always had that mentality. You work, you work, you work until, you know. Yeah. And I, um, did you go through like, because you were in college with all these people, did it make you want to work harder to, to gain all that, that knowledge that they had? Um, you know, well, this is interesting. The one, the only thing that I'll say this, I think just because of the faculty who were there and my teachers and my mentors. Mm -hmm. And also I was just also the kind of person I was just a hard worker. Yeah. Um, and, and, and the people around me that just, that was a culture there. You just worked. Mm -hmm. You know, we all worked and, and, and the people would ask me because I actually had gone back later and did a residency there um, years after graduating, after I started prof dancing professionally. And even later, I actually gone back to teach at that institution. Mm -hmm. um, no longer there now. But and I remember people would ask me and I tell them, I tell this, I would tell this to everyone when I was in school, you know, I mean, I didn't double major after I switched my major. I changed biology and chemistry to my minor. But mm -hmm. for me, I, I there was no other option than to do this. I, you know, there was, I had no other option than to actually um, make it work. Yeah. You know? Did you, did you feel supported by your, by your family when they, did you tell them like, Hey, I'm switching now. My minor's going to be my major. My major's going to be my minor. Um, you know, what's so funny is because originally um, when I finally made it my major, my, I mean, I didn't even tell them that it was my minor. I didn't want to make it my oh. major. I don't think they really knew. <laughs> um, because you know, then you didn't, you can't really, they can't say anything to you, you know, to sure. it, it refer by all that stuff. But then my pick, mm. I will say this, um, my dad really didn't have an issue with, I think my mom was the one who, who most really was like, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. Like what? Like, you know, you, you went to, you were, you were doing this because you want to go to med like, what are you doing? I, I mean, even after I started as a professional dancer four years into it before it really hit her that I'm um, making a living doing this. I mean, up until then, she would always ask me, when are you going to come back to school and finish all your biology stuff? Mm -hmm. so yeah, you want to, so it was interesting. You wanted to be a doctor? Yeah, since I was a kid. I mean, that was what I wanted to do. Actually, when I was in high school, I went to a high school that was specific for kids who wanted to go into the medical field. I mean, we were doing clinical rotations by the time you were a junior. I mean, what? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We were going into Houston and watching Kadat. I mean, oh, yeah, it was crazy. You had to write this essay to get into it, uh, get into the school. And yeah, and that was that was my goal. Oh, my gosh. That's that's a that's a pretty cool program. I'm sure a lot of kids want to do that. Yeah, I'm not sure if it's still there. I mean, I don't know this, you know, this was ages ago. <laughs> you're you're only 19 years old, so it was just last year um 18 sorry <laughs> um so like you were saying you transitioned to being a professional dancer what was that transition like for you auditioning a lot of companies did you or did you know immediately you wanted to go to one um it's so crazy because i i <laughs> it, i think i was just in the right place at the right time yeah however I had to work to get myself in those places. I, um, because I started the dance department late, I finished early. I finished college in three and a half years. Wow. Congratulations. Um, well, because the thing is, I'm like my first year and a half, two years, I wasn't any, anything with dance. So I was taking all of my courses. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and then, so when I actually switched to dance, I was a, I didn't have the, the distraction or the I didn't have to deal with trying to schedule all of my my gen eds or academic courses because I got those out of the way and I always took I never took the less than two I mean 
agent credit hours. Like I think my last semester, last year semester in college as an undergrad, I um, had like 33 credits. Whoa. Because I saw the year before when I was going to apply for graduation, I saw that if I were going to do this, I was going to have like, I would have like 12 credits and 15 credits. And to me, I would have been bored. I'm like, no, mm -hmm. I'm not going to do that. So I took all those. I did some correspondence things. I did some things by independent study. Which ended up being about 33 credits. And I heard that after that year, the university made a rule that you can only take a certain amount of credits. Yeah. So, I mean, it was that kind of thing. But even when I graduated, I graduated that December. And I, because dance was still so new to me, I didn't really feel that I was ready um, mm -hmm. to go out there and do that. So I immediately went into grad school the spring semester oh, of that cool. year. Now, what happened was the year before that, I saw that there was this event, Jazz Dance World Congress, um, mm -hmm. that Guthrie Alum Jazz in Chicago would hold. But it was too late. And I actually had like a little mini group that we would do things around campus. And, and so I'm like, maybe I'll choreograph something to answer this. But when I saw this, it, it was actually a week before the thing was happening. So I couldn't do it. But I kept it on my radar for the following year. Mm -hmm. Got a group together. We submitted some stuff. We had gotten accepted. And so we were going to go. And that year, it was going to be in Buffalo, New York. But I had also auditioned for Ailey, um, and I got the scholarship to go to the year-round program. So I thought to myself, you know, I'm not going to do this dance thing. Um, I'll go to Ailey for the semester, and then I'll come back and pick up my medical stuff that I, you know, start doing that stuff. But then in that process, I also had gotten into Jazz World Congress. So we had gone to Buffalo, New York that year, competed, performed, and there were so many different companies there that were under the umbrella of jazz that actually opened my eyes to what jazz dance actually was and what mm -hmm. it could be um and what it was becoming and it was great because being there in that moment you experienced it there was no youtube or anything right. so you weren't watching this online it was before it developed so being a part of that movement was amazing but i also saw giordano's perform they had an audition and i auditioned and the thing that really stood out to me was that them being a rep company they had all of these different um choreographers that were coming in mm -hmm. and the thing that even when I was in the company, we prided ourselves on being true and, and keeping the authenticity of, of the, the choreographers who came in. So when I watched them every night when they performed a different work, they didn't look like Gus Giordano doing this, this choreographer's work. They looked like that choreographer. And that to me, that was great because you got to, they really were, you became that different thing on stage. So I auditioned, they gave me a, um, I got into the second company and I came back right away. To grass I said, I'm leaving. I'm moving to Chicago. Didn't go to Ailey. And also the thing with me, I was going to get to Ailey just to go. But the thing with it about it is I also didn't want to feel like as a, as a black person that I have to run to a black company to get work. Sure. Yeah. And so and I have a lot of people who they feel. I mean, it, that's what they what resonates with them. But that's not what I wanted to do. So and there's nothing wrong with people who do that. But I just I wanted something different. And mm -hmm. what was going on with Giordano is that it resonated with me. So I moved there. And, um, and it was, it was, yeah, there was, it was, it was crazy because it was kind of like, I mean, just even graduating from college and then moving into a professional job. Mm -hmm. I think that's something that people don't realize. It's not really the reality. I mean, there's, a, there's just another level of learning and process that you go through and, but yeah. being catapulted yeah. into this right away, that, that was just like, what, what, what is, you know, and it was, it was, there was just, it would, there was a quick learning curve that I needed to catch up with, you know, just mm -hmm. because in school, there's certain things you're not going to get. It's not that they're not preparing you. It's just a different thing. But having to be in that situation that quickly, especially with the limited, um, I guess, I don't want to say resource, but the limited 
amount of information I had about dance. Yeah. yeah, it was crazy. And it was either like you pick it up, learn it or you're out. And it was very much that having to realize that's what it was. And but you're right. Great because, yeah, because when I was in school, too, we weren't being coddled a baby either. So mm-hmm. I think in that way, I was re- I was very much prepared for taking on those challenges. So. Yeah. And finding your own path. And you said, yeah. like you said, there was there's no YouTube when we were when we were growing up. So you really did have to take those leaps and go to those conferences and those conventions and those and seek out uh, what oh. all these brands had to offer. The, or you didn't know about where it, you yeah. would be. I had no idea. I had no idea yeah. what Chicago was even like. I didn't even know. I literally drove up there. Leave a faith. I mean, didn't know any, you know. And it's just, it was what it was. You know? now, you, now you're saying Chicago, and it's, it's such a different um, mindset because when you think historically of dance or of entertainment, you think of either East Coast or West Coast. What about Chicago uh, was different about either of those things when you were dancing uh, there? Chicago's dance community was so vast. It was amazing. I mean, there was so much there. And the, you know, one thing that's, that's interesting, because when you, know, when you go to New York, there's just so much there. There's a lot of stuff in Chicago. Chicago, there was a lot there, so much there. But I think the difference, and in Los Angeles, there was just a totally different. And so mm-hmm. Chicago, New York, and um, I mean, a lot of you go to California, and it's very commercial driven. You know, mm-hmm. music videos, flash yep. this, this, that. Um, and New York, you have concert dance, and you also have Broadway. You have there's so much there. I feel like Chicago was different in a way that it was much more accessible. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was very much more accessible. I mean, now honestly, I will say this that. Also, Chicago was very, it was hard. It was accessible. Um, I don't know if it makes sense to even said it was very hard to attain. I mean, it was kind of one of those things that you, there was a bubble there. Chicago most definitely was in its own bubble. Mm -hmm. And that bubble was hard to penetrate. Mm. Once you penetrated that bubble, you were in it. Mm -hmm. And that's Mm -hmm. the thing. I mean, it's all there. You see it. You got to just find your way to get in it. And then once you're in it, Oh, you're a part of that community, and it was a great dance community. So there are a lot of people who went to Chicago and they saw this stuff, but they never actually penetrated that bubble. So they just left. You know, it was it was hard to get in there. But yeah, yeah. So when you see so you moved, when did you start with Giordano's? Um, September of no, August, Septemberish of 1999 is when I moved there. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so Giordano's is Chicago. Twenty years was ago. <laughs> Twenty years ago. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, so you're there in Chicago. Was there any other big, big companies there, or was Gus's company kind of the, oh, no, the no, thing no, no, in no. Chicago? You had, you had Gus Trudano. You had River North. You had Hubbard Street. You have right, um, right. Yeah, you had Joffrey Ballet. Um, and when oh, Melissa yeah. Thodos was there. Luna Negra. I mean, it was it was endless. And you had so many other companies that were coming up. And the thing that's so crazy, even the smaller companies, the dancers were just as good. They were just. A smaller company just starting. Mm-hmm. The budget might not have been as big, but there was so much there. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, it was it was it was such a great community. Did you think that Chicago? I, maybe it's my own vision of it, or maybe what I knew about it. it. I really thought that Chicago was a really big breeding ground for jazz dance. They really focused on that and the you know, evolution it's, of it's, jazz dance. It's so crazy because um, so just. Someone I know, I'm not going to, but has been doing something. There's like this symposium that was going on about the um, something with Chicago dance history and some things. And they had gone into this, this symposium installation, I guess you can call it. And she said, you know, it's so crazy. I look up there and they don't have any. It's all about ballet. There's nothing up there with jet. And I'm like, wait a minute. 
How can you have that and you have Gus Rodano, you have, you know, Catherine Dunham who came through that area. Uh, mm -hmm. you know, who I mean, there are so many people who are from the Midwest. I mean, even Horton, unless Horton, I mean, he was from not in Chicago, but if I'm not mistaken, Indiana. Not, and it's all these different people who are from that area, even going back to some of these, these female pioneers who started, yeah. you know, who are pioneers of modern dancer from the Midwest. So it's interesting. And it, it was, there was, and I think people also associated with Bob Fosse just because he was from Chicago, you know, that area, that era, area, but, mm -hmm. or at least was in that area, you know, but yeah, it, 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 it wasn't just jazz though, but there was most definitely, I think with Gus and a lot of the different modern dance that was learned, because even Gus himself started off as a modern dancer. His, his training was from Hanya Holm, who was, mm. you know, who was from lineage of Mary Wigman, German expressionist. Um, you think he studied with Alan Nikolai, Mary Lewis, when he was in New York. Again, again, Mozeffrey, Catherine Downham was extremely influential. And so, and so it's interesting. Yeah, it was very um, much, so I guess you could say that jazz. Yeah, yeah but I feel because like. Because didn't start the date jazz. Dr. Ballet actually moved there later. So, right. yeah, you, mm -hmm. it, it was just, yeah, there's so much. If you historically, if you look at historically dance itself, mm -hmm. um, and what, you know, dancing that is American, you know, I mean, dance, it's, it's, it's crazy how many people actually came through there and started yeah. there and had roots in Chicago and at least in the St. Louis, Chicago, yeah. in that area, you mm -hmm. know. I mean, you said some of the biggest heavy hitting companies like Gus Giordano's Hubbard Street, like really innovators in the jazz realm. But when well, because, we. Because, yeah, when jazz started, started with Lou Conti, it wasn't. Yeah, Lou Conti. The company, mm -hmm. It started off totally, you know. Yeah. And I think that um, the formation of what jazz was, and you said you, you bring it to light, is all these people were modern dancers as well, and they just formed this new style. Do you think that this this was a breeding ground for how contemporary dance started? What we consider um, contemporary dance now? I, I will tell you this, and it's so funny because I had, I've been having this conversation a lot about things coming from the source. Um, mm -hmm. So I... So I don't go on too much of a tangent because I don't know okay. <laughs> But so I, I just think, I just, like I said, I remember when all these things were started at Jazz World Congress and I'm looking at all these companies that were there. I remember Lula Washington being there, Masashi mm -hmm. Action Machine. Um, it's now called Utah Odyssey Dance, but at the time they were called Utah, Con maybe the Utah Contemporary Dance, and then they were called Utah Odyssey Dance. Spectrum Dance Theater, which was run by someone else different it was a different entity there i mean just so many different things that were there from all over the world and seeing what mia michaels is where she got her start Leah's imperial i mean gus she won the competitive in one time so gus brought her in to set her work on this i mean those kinds of things and you saw like these contemporary forms being found and it's like i look at all this stuff now even with gaga how it's um so for instance there's this this she's and she's amazing i love her that she's like in the convention competition world, she choreographs a lot of things and people love her work. And I look at what she's doing and I say, it's funny because when you look at it, you just see similarities from, you know, the Gaga thing and everyone's mm -hmm. in that white fourth and the low plie and it's what quote unquote repeat gestures and people want to use that term to describe this movement, I guess. Um, and I'm like, you know, it's so funny. It's nothing more than just, you know, imitation of some things from Gaga and it's, you know, but what's interesting is that in, the, in this realm, people don't really know these things right and just like the, the whole thing when that the artist they um it won i guess they choreographed the thing on, on the cmas or whatever mm -hmm. and it turned out it was a direct replica of minus you know oh, his work of minus 16 but it's so funny because i was at the world choreography awards and which is uh 
award show dealing with, you know, commercial dance. And these same people, this was before that, which I don't know it was them, were sitting there and they were presenting an award by Danny Ezerlo. And it was about how they're breaking grounds of, of how they're taking commercial dance and using unconventional ways of doing stuff. And I guess it was for the BMAs and they had done something. And I'm with my friends who are very much in the commercial dance world. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at the clip that they were nominated for. And I said, that's walking on walls. Mm-hmm. And they were like, huh? And then later on when this stuff happened, with the same as I said, what were those choreographers' names? And they said it was the same people. And I was like, yeah. That thing, thing, the thing that they won that award for, it was walking on walls. And they were like, well, do you have a video of it? And I was like, well, you can find different people doing things of it. I mean, Elizabeth Threb did it and really kind of was brought in front. But I was like, it was Trisha Brown. And they were like, well, what was it choreographed? And I was like, I think it was like 1971 or something. And they were yeah. like, what? I was like, this, I thought this was innovative or something new. I was like, no. But I think it's so weird, like, Concert dance, it doesn't really live on social media that way, the mm-hmm. way commercial dance does. And so that's why I also think it's important that we are we're educating these people because they do these things that people don't know. Yeah. And so with that being said, I kind of went on my tangent there. It's interesting <laughs> because I'm looking at all this stuff with the Gaga and I remember like, again, these things have been, it's been around forever. But now that it's on YouTube, people see these styles and they, all they're doing is just copying Yeah. The idea, but not really understanding where it's coming from, from the source. Yeah. And so, and then I'm thinking, oh, I just want to get in and just move my body around. I'm like, yeah, but you have to think, even old school, these dancers, they were classically trained dancers. And that's why they were able to move their bodies this way, because they had such an awareness of their instrument. Mm-hmm. And not just, oh, let's just, and you think now, even like with, with William Forsythe, what he created. And and what is now, we're, we're using some of that stuff. Not even necessarily the techniques, but the, just the imagery of what we've seen, how they move. Mm-hmm. And you have these younger people now who don't really understand where this stuff is coming from. Yeah. And it's like, so it's about, you know, what's coming from the source. And so even at Jazz's World Congress, when all these different things were developing, it's just like, wow, you see it. And now that it's happening because you people see stuff online, which is great. It's, it's, it's great that thing, information is able to be shared that way. But I think sometimes as educators, when we teach, and of course, we're not going to just go in, especially in our quote unquote contemporary classes, because I mean, even just that term, you know, there are so many different people, so you know, interpreted so many different things. Mm-hmm. But it's also when we're given in this movement, where do we also, what else are we got? I think it's, we have a responsibility to, to somehow at least acknowledge mm-hmm. where it's coming from or somehow give them that base from source. So it's just, again, these things are just being bastardized. And then so, People, yeah. these, some of these younger dancers don't really have a foundation, and I see it all the time. And uh, people can say I'm wrong or this or this and that, but I, when I go teach and I go do things different ways, yeah, they're great dancers, but they don't really understand. They don't have an awareness. They don't really understand how to stand on two legs. I'm mm-hmm. like, how can you just go and do what you just crazy stuff that you did? Now I'm just asking you to do a shot, say pivot turn, kickball change, yeah. and you can't even do that. I mean, and so, and of course, not that simple. Well, yeah. in some cases, yeah. <laughs> yeah, some cases I'm not even kidding, but you know, so it's. It's interesting. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, but it was great to actually be a part of seeing that that evolution yeah. start in the formation of all those things as opposed to now just doing it. And I look at things sometimes I'm like, wow. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't even know if I answered the question. No, you did. Because you asked me something. I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to go here. <laughs> no, you did. Because Chicago was, the for me, it was the essence of what jazz dance is and could be when it started there and it really had a strong voice and you're right when we look at source sources of inspiration i think people sometimes get um they they get 
pulled into the the spectacle of all of it and what it looks like and they don't really dig deeper to find out what actually the base of of this method is and i was so go ahead well speaking about that so case in point so every summer i go back to the giordano dance school and i'll teach they have a college pro intensive Mm -hmm. then at the end of that that it's for a month all these college kids come from all, all over it's a great program um at the end of that week, though, they have a jazz intensive where people come in for that as well. And they have, you know, former company members, different people come in. And I had a conversation with the director. I said, you know, it's, it's great that you have all these different people come in. But when I come in, I really have no interest in teaching contemporary or, or well, I do. But I said, you know, this is just Giordano school and I'll teach a, a Giordano master class. But that's mm. literally the only one that they're getting. And you think about it, it's like. So Gus himself, I mean, he stopped teaching in 2002. Yeah. So he was still around, but he just wasn't teaching like that. So if, when you started learning it, if you didn't really get it from him, you didn't get it from the source. Even me teaching it, it's still different, you know. Mm-hmm. And so you have people who are teaching this stuff. And now it's to the point to where some of those older company members, they don't teach anymore or they're not teaching that. And I have people I even dance with who are journalists. And I had a conversation with one of them. She goes, you know, it's really cool, cool that like you're like really the only one of us who still actually teaches jazz. I mean, a lot of them they did they do their contemporary stuff, you know. And mm-hmm. the, the technique is in their bodies. If they want to take a class, they most definitely it's it, once it, once it's in your body, it's something that you just don't forget. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. It, it it also came down to where they were saying like you still actually teach it. You will teach master classes in that. And I'm like, yeah. And I said, so right now the people in the school they're younger and they don't really have understand that they do it because they see things on video, but they don't understand. Like I was teaching at this workshop in Kansas City, and there's a former Fosse dancer. She was literally under Fosse, trained with him, was in all of his movies and his plays. And and it was so cool to take a Fosse class from her. Yes. It was unlike any other Fosse class to take because everything that she did, she had a story behind behind mm-hmm. why Bob actually did this. Mm-hmm. And this came from this, and it's the same thing with Gus. There were reasons why he did certain things. And so when I'm teaching, I talk about those things, and I had this conversation. I said, look, I need to, if I'm going to do this, I need to come in at least for a weekend and do something with your teachers so they understand because they're giving this stuff to these kids in this school. And again, it, it's about things coming from the source so people really understand rather than just looking at it mm-hmm. and, and copying it. Even just the way we have the long jazz arm, which we, we for short terms, we call it LJA. And if you look at it, it's the shape of an arm, but people do that. And I always start the class, I'm like, but... The, there's a reason why the arm is that way. Don't just do it just because you see that shape. Mm-hmm. Because then it gets totally different meaning. And then when you, it's in your body, you're doing it. It brings different meaning to how you're moving through space with the body. Yeah. So it's things like that. It's about, again, being in that space and seeing these things being created and understanding where it's coming from, the source of why those things are happening. And I think that's just, it makes a difference. Yeah. You know? it, so. makes, it makes a total difference uh, with style and creating things and creating your own voice and being having that strong knowledge of what you're doing and making and moving it forward um and i know that's something that you have been doing a lot lately so you have been you started in 99 with giordano's um Mm -hmm. who was did you worked with gus personally yes really close to gus nice did he mentor you through through your time in in the company or did you have multiple mentors or who did you look up to when well, you were, were there? Well, when I went there they had a school and usually, well, oh, right. I kind of got lucky. They had a school, but then also during the summers they had a seven week scholarship program where college students will come, but then you could audition and stay throughout the year. Mm-hmm. So you have kids who graduated from college 
I probably didn't go to college and they moved there. And they were in the actual school going throughout the year. And every year we have a scholarship show. And then from there, and so all the scholarship kids, they primarily by the company members will choreograph on them. And from there, it was pretty much an audition. Yeah. For kids in the scholarship to move up into the second company. Mm-hmm. And then you're in the second company, you can be an apprentice with a but you know, and it was things like that. So I actually yeah. didn't go through the school that way because I mm-hmm. got into the second company and that's why I moved there. But yeah, being there, you're under his mentorship. You're under all the people who are in the company's mentorship. There are people who had been there forever who yep. bred the tech, you know. So it was that. I mean, you through the school, you took jazz. They had your technique there, you know. So mm-hmm. most definitely when I got into the company, our our relationship even strengthened even further, you know. So, yeah, it was nice great to, to, to be able to learn from him and be in the presence of someone like, I mean, you know, I, I always find these pictures of us together in just crazy situations. I just posted a picture of a, someone captured during the rehearsal process. We had a guest choreographer and who actually is someone I look up to a, a, a lot as well, who does great things. And and it was he, Gus, and I, we were just in rehearsal. We were having this conversation and someone just happened to just capture that moment. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wow. And I think back about that. I'm like, I was really in that space with this person. And, yeah. and and had and had a relationship with him and that people would have who would die just to even have met him, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's it's yeah. crazy to think that, you know, so many crazy, like even being on tour in Germany and then we happen to go to the casino and he happens to be there. And we're like, hey, we take, you know, it's just just crazy things like that. And so many memories, you know. Yeah. I remember every time he would visit us, every time he would come to the studio, he would always bring gifts. So we loved it. And I called him Papa G. I was like, Papa G. Yeah. And so I was like, I love when he came there because he would always bring his gifts. Sometimes it was money. Sometimes it was cash. I remember I remember when the beanie babies, beanie babies were a big thing. And he came back and I guess he was in Vegas teaching. He's like, Yeah, I was in an airport and there's like these dolls. And so I he brought he bought us all beanie babies. (laughs) It was like the funny. We're like, okay, thanks. (laughs) It was so funny. And I think sometimes what people don't understand or may not get, when you're in a company dancing it becomes your family sometimes you're completely removed from your actual family so these people become your sisters your brothers your fathers because i mean i just remember you know when moving to chicago and then i and i think what also helped me was that i actually had friends outside of the dance community and you know going back how i met this person that person it's you know crazy you can go through many different stories but um it's just interesting though because when I would meet people and especially the dancers, it's it was very rare that you met someone who was from Chicago because we all moved there to dance. Mm-hmm. And so, like yeah, Thanksgiving sometimes you didn't go home or you didn't, you had these. Things. And it, it, but also with Gus Giordano, we were actually really close. I mean, we did we fought like brothers and sisters. There were five guys, five girls in the company, and at the time that's just what it was. Mm-hmm. If a guy didn't leave, no guy was getting in. It just you know, and so we were really close. I mean, and there was another dancer in another company, another well-known company who was there. And it, it was funny. One time they were, they, she said something to me. She goes, that's so crazy. I'll look at you guys and how close you guys are. She goes, I mean, in our company, because they had a lot of people in their company. She goes, sometimes we don't even see them or talk to them until we go to work. And it was mm-hmm. just that. But Giordano's was just a different type of thing. And, of course, there were some who hung out more than others. But mm-hmm. we were we were family. I yeah. Mean, and, you know, and those people taught me how to live life. I learned so much from them especially being a young dancer and moving into that space where there are people who had been there i mean it was just it was it was an amazing growth period for me as a person not even mm-hmm. just as a dancer as a person yeah 
Um, so you, you have been dancing. How long did you stay in the company? Collectively, I would probably say about eight and a half, nine years, something like that. Cause I had left the company. Oh, okay. What did you do yeah. when, when you left? Hmm? What did you do when you left? Well, it was when I left, it, there were four of us actually left. Was, so that was like, for Janelle's, that was a huge turnover because people yeah. just didn't leave. And for me, it, it happens somewhat suddenly. I was thinking, and there wasn't anything bad. It's just, I, I kind of felt like I needed something different. I, I, I wanted something mm -hmm. more as an artist. And so um, right when that was happening, I was flying back and forth to Los Angeles, to um, New York, trying to figure out what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. The LA, LA thing, I just, I don't know. I think after being a concert dance, it just, that didn't really vibe with me. Just the process of things. And then New York, I wasn't, at that time, Still, it was interesting because Broadway, a lot of the stuff, they danced, but it, it, it was more of just movement. You know what I mean? And mm -hmm. I really wanted to still dance. So, And also, I started choreographing a lot more and teaching. So it got to the point where I was so busy doing that. Chicago just stayed my home base. Um, yeah. And I, actually, I think that's when I met you. Yeah. Because yes. that's when I came and set that work on you. And that was around that time. Actually, what it was... When I met you was when I had gone back to the company because a dancer broke contract mid-season because I think he got hired to do contact. So he's like, I'm out of here. The yeah. And mm -hmm. so they had people in the second company, but they just called me and asked me if I would come back and finish out his season. They were going to APAP. They knew I knew their, their work. And I'm like, sure. Mm -hmm. And then it was weird, though, because when I went back, there was a different energy. You have to remember when I left, four of us left. There was these new people. And it was just a different energy. And I ended up mm -hmm. staying. I stayed for like a couple more years. But I remember I had to get... Um, permission because I started going back to dance with the company and I already had the gig to come set the work, the residency at Towson that year. Yep. And so mm -hmm. I remember, yeah. And so, I mean, so that's what I did when I left. I mean, I was freelancing and crazy when I left, I was so nervous because I had been devoting so much time to the company and, and the vision of what was going on there. I didn't really think about what I wanted to do. I mean, some things, but you know, I hadn't really laid anything out. I mean, I was teaching the choreograph, but I just, it was just, I just did that. Mm -hmm. But once I left, so many things opened up. I think more people probably they just realize, hey, he's free. He's able to, mm -hmm. you know. So yeah. So you, you, you were talking about teaching and choreographing. What um, in this process? Where did you find your choreographic voice from? What did what are some things, some sources of inspiration that you used to create this choreographic work? Because when I'm when you when you and I met, it was in two thousand five, yeah. and you said our work maybe it was the, the winter of two thousand four. Your voice was pretty strong. I mean, I mean, you came in and you were like, "This is what we were gonna do," <laughs> and we were like, "Oh." And here's here's my naivety about it all is like I knew you were in Giordano's. I knew the the foundation of Giordano's and I I associated that with jazz dance and not necessarily with this contemporary what we considered now contemporary dancing, mm -hmm. but it was because it was so far removed from jazz dance as my knowledge so, oh, of it. Let me tell you that that's the funny thing about that because that was one of my things. And actually, yeah, it was spring of 2005 because I went back. Mm -hmm. It was that spring of 2005 when I went back, actually, to the company. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, and the funny thing about it is that when I started choreographing and, and I started, especially with a lot of local companies within Chicago, I would go in and I would be the first thing, the artistic director or some of the dancers were like, oh, this is different from what I thought. Mm -hmm. um, because at, at one point, I became, I was like the poster boy of, of, Chicago, of Giordano's. Yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. and you have this, this African-American, this black guy who is 
the face of an of a white company, quote unquote. You know what I mean? Like it was mm-hmm. just like what? So you couldn't hard you couldn't help but miss that. And so it was like, oh, Elijah, Giordano, synonymous. And so when I went in, they thought I was going to give you, which is weird, because our rep was very diverse. We didn't do Giordano separate. Like every so often, we might have, we would bring back a, a Gus piece. It really depended on what our show was, you know. But mm-hmm. so that's the other thing that I really found interesting. People kind of pinpoint, well, Giordano's just going to be this. But because our rep was so diverse, it was really interesting that they tried to pin one thing on us as opposed to the other companies you know their rep was what their rep was i mean stylistically it was this giordano's wasn't that so that's what i actually found odd but as i continue to choreograph and as you said find your voice i actually found it really hard um not to find my voice but to and and necessarily not to be taken seriously but to really remove myself from the Giordano because everything mm. I did, they thought it was, and it wasn't until I left Chicago and moved to the DC area and started doing work that I was really able to enjoy. Choreo- mm-hmm. And also, I think also in Chicago, when they had Dan Chicago, I, moving there, like I said, I, it's like I always do this when I do interviews because I was one of those people who didn't really talk a lot about myself, yeah. my personal things. I was very much personal in that way, private, but mm-hmm. dance, I mean, moving to Chicago, I was 21 when I moved there becoming an adult being able to do adult things legally on my own and experience <laughs> dealing well you know but and dealing with yeah. like you know sexuality dealing mm-hmm. with religion and all these different things and I'm like and I have all these things that are just coming over me as dealing with as an as adult on my own pay my own bills mm-hmm. in this space where I was experiencing a lot of things especially mm-hmm. catapulted into this place where there are people you know and so and the one thing I noticed though is that there were these amazing dancers I was around amazing movers choreography but none of it was really saying anything it was but it wasn't so that was my way i'm like no i'm going to talk about this and i I think i found it really hard was that my work not that it wasn't being accepted people are like oh it's great it's great i like this and this and that but it wasn't being um received like some of the other stuff people were coming out oh this piece is about this and this and this and then i'm like okay but you just came out to the pk arabesque how is this saying that i mean Mm -hmm. they did well (laughs) yeah. <laughs> or this other movement. And so that's what me, I'm like, you know what? And so to think some of the things I was talking about were subject matter, it I just don't think people were moving away from it because it wasn't just dance for the sake of dance. And I think that was what was different from about doing stuff in Chicago like that because it was very much about the shapes and the dance, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I, I started to get discouraged a little bit. But then I'll talk, I always credit John Lair to this mm-hmm. day. I will always credit him. He most definitely is is someone who which I don't even think he knows because it's one of those things some people they do things and when you sit there and watch and it's that's why I think it's always really important what you do because you never know who's watching and how you're affecting them and what kind mm-hmm. of effect you're having on them and I said but just watching him he always he most if he loved Paul Taylor oh yeah all the time and he wanted to create a a style or you know that was specifically his you know, mm-hmm. and like when you see stuff, I can look at something like, oh, that's very John Lair because he created this. And at the time, again, it wasn't this flashy leg, this, this, and this, and that. And people would say, oh, yeah, da, 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 da. But he never wavered. He stuck true to his vision. And I look at what he became mm-hmm. and I watch that. And to this day, I, I, I admire that so much. So I, and I remember him telling me one time, he said, you know, like to get, if you want to get good at choreography, you want to get better at it, just get in the studio and do it. It's a skill. Yeah. You have to develop. You got to keep doing And I remember that. And I did that. And so even at that point, I was like, so you know what? They might not be receiving this. And did it hurt in the beginning? I was like, yeah. But now it's to the point people ask me. I say, you know, I don't, 
what people have to realize is that not everyone's going to like everything you do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And just because someone does like it doesn't mean it's good. And just because someone doesn't like it doesn't mean it's bad. And so when you're creating from a personal space and when you have a reason for why you're doing this stuff, it doesn't really matter at the end of the day mm -hmm. whether everyone likes it because you know why you're doing this and it has purpose behind it. And I realized that. So I never really, and that actually helps me when I'm in the process. Sometimes people get stuck with choreography and I'm like, you know what, chill out. Don't even, it'll come to you. Just stay true to why you're doing this. And it, so I don't, you know, and I think at that time I had, I, when I came to you at that time, I did I have a really strong sense of what I wanted to do. And it's crazy because even that kind of movement wasn't really being done. Honestly, You're right. I don't think it, and, and it was this thing. And even now I look back at stuff that I choreographed a long time ago and some of it structurally, I was like, what? But I could still take that movement today and it'll be so relevant right now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I actually have done that with some things in my rep right now. There's a piece I'm redoing where I've taken the movement and I've somehow used it for this, but it's just great. And so, and I don't know, but yeah, most definitely once I left there, I was really able to just become my own person and, and think about how I wanted to do this stuff and not be associated. Oh, this is so different from him. And yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. no, it's so it's so interesting to hear that because when you set that work on us um, and you said you were trying to remove yourself from the, that, maybe that uh, loosely this term can be used to that stigma of being branded as a Giordano dancer and what they had, what their um, what their establishment was when you came to our school. I mean, I remember the very first thing you said to us was we weren't going to be moving. We were going to go into a like a, a, a recording studio. And we were like, I was like, excuse me, you want us to do what? And you're like, yeah, here are your questions. We're just going to ask them to you. And I'm going to create this this dialogue for the, the audience score. to hear of you wow. guys. Wow, I don't and even what, remember that. And what I remember for that was thinking, wow, this, again, this is not anything I want to be, like, that I ever thought Gus Giordano's was going to be, but let's go for it. And then you you crafted this two-part series where it was different on every single night, so it allowed the audience to think about us as dancers and as human beings. And what, and thinking that's back... That's so crazy. That is yeah. so crazy to, to realize. I don't even remember that, doing that. That's yeah. so crazy. That's the very first thing. I mean, we set you set some movement, like you set... In crafting dances, maybe some people are listening and they don't understand. It's like you, you kind of create movement, and then from there you're like, okay, I'm going to take that part, and I don't like that part, move that part to the end, and you kind of just create the dance comes and after crafting a little bit of workshopping. But what we were doing as a class, what I don't necessarily think I thought about until I got older, was we as a as a team as seniors wanted to remove ourselves from the voice of the stigma of being ballet and modern dancers. We had, we wanted to offer up more of ourselves. And I think that's what we got dinged at, um, dinged on from the professors was like, you're in a ballet and modern intensive program. Why would you guys consider doing this, this contemporary style of movement? And I remember all of us just saying, this is what, this is who we are. This is our voice. And they were, they were harping on it and you're, your voice leading us in our in our in our in our product was exactly what we needed you know to tell them hey like this is who we are as people as artists and we want you you know we want the world to know that and what was different about our shows compared to other ones is that everybody's voice was so distinct but we asked the audience to to think differently than what Towson was so you know was... what's so crazy though? You know what? And it's crazy that you hear that because when you think about even Gus Giordano, like I can attest that all of us, even when I was in the company, none of us were 
formerly trained in jazz dance. Like, gotcha. I remember Kennedy, she was at, she's from the Cure Up School. Like, uh-huh. Kim straight up Horton, baby. Like, mm-hmm. you know, my company, my, when my training was, was, of course, ballet. And then, but my teachers were from the Graham and the Cunningham Company. I mean, none of us, so we went to, it, John was Eric Hawkins. He was our rehearsal director. So we had all these people from different backgrounds and types of dance that we went into. And that's the thing I loved about Gus. He didn't train jazz dancers. He had a term what he called the total dancer. Mm-hmm. And he wanted us to be trained. We should be able to do everything. Like our company class, we were not, people would think that maybe it was just always jazz. Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday, we had ballet. Wednesday mm-hmm. was jazz. And then Friday was a modern class. Mm-hmm. And so we and so we had these different foundations. And for that, I think it was what helped us be able to jump into these different styles when pe- people would come in because we had such a base mm-hmm. that we were able to we understood where we were in space and then we could move out of that yeah. to do different types stuff, stuff. because this is the thing with these kids now is like they just want to do this they don't really understand that they don't have a foundation and the thing with me to do all these different things i always say this you cannot break the rules until you know them yeah and they don't know the rules so it's interesting that i, I even came in and did i don't even like it's so funny i don't even remember doing that but then the kid is <laughs> like now you have to be you want to be able to do different things so why classify yourself as just this kind of dancer yeah and so you know i don't know maybe that's what i was coming into i don't no, maybe so. I was, I was, I was projecting myself. <laughs> <laughs> no, and it was a good projection because it worked so well. It was so intriguing. It was so different. It was so, it was an experience that uh, the school hadn't seen before. So, like, kind of, not saying that it was like a, you know, uh, turning our backs on the school. But it was just kind of being like, hey, listen, there are we can be these people, and it was, it was really great. But, but what. When working with choreographers, you're so right. Um, the choreographers always that came into the school always wanted to work with the people that had the best technique. And it didn't matter if it was a jazz dance, a modern dance, a ballet dance. They were always looking for the people that had the best technique solid so that they could then create their voice could be the strongest and they had the most tools to utilize because the base of that person's uh, technique was so solid. So, so this, I, this is my thing, though. And I, I challenge you to think about what... I always ask because people ask me like the def. What is the technique though? The definition because you and of course because the way we train is always come, it comes from a Eurocentric sense of of the, the ballet. Mm-hmm. But I was like, when you think about it though, even now with all these different things, you have different. There's different technique for me is nothing more than an awareness of where you are in space and what you are doing with your body. These people who can do these 15 pirouettes and get their leg up, just they have such a, an, an amazing awareness. Like these mm-hmm. kids who come in and give me 15 pirouettes, I've seen it. Then go to the ballet bar and can't even do a plie with their ass sticking out. They are aware of that mm-hmm. shape and that position. That's you can take a hip hop, tap, baratinantium, all them, all those different styles of dance have a specific technique about where you're placing your body in space, the physics, and in motion of, of what it is that you're doing. Now the classes themselves, they're nothing more than just it's it's to help condition your muscles so you have yeah. the strength. Mm-hmm. And, the, and and the control to control what it is that you're doing, and there's there's nothing more than a series of tests. That every time you get an exercise, it's a test to test whether or not you understand the awareness of what's happening. Mm-hmm. So I mm-hmm. think when we have this now, this question of technique, and that's with me, even now when I teach contemporary, it's about understanding where you are in space. But mm-hmm. the thing is, which which interesting though is because that's when everything was still about just the virtue. You know, the virtuosity, the virtuosity of, well, let's move this, move this, but how was this? And then what I was, what I started questioning is, especially when I started speaking and like you said, I allowed you guys to be human. It's like, 
dance is uh, we always want to tell these stories. Mm-hmm. But what happens is, is we strip it of the humanity and just put these steps in. Or you have the opposite of, especially what was going on in the postmodern era, they strip it of all virtuosity and it became very pedestrian. How can you do both? And I think yeah. that's the hard thing and what people find a hard time doing. How mm-hmm. can you do both? And so it's it's interesting, you know, when you, yeah. you think about choreography and, and that's a lot of the stuff that we talk about with social movement. Oh, mm-hmm. trust me, honey, when you come see SMCD, oh, they're going to be dancing. Trust me. Yeah. So, But so you're, you're also you're also going to be forced to think. Yeah. And, ask, but, and not think to where you're thinking so much. It was like, oh, what is that about? It's just opposing the question and it, and it allows for the space for you to think about that. Absolutely. In a way that you've never been able to think about it before. An audience sometimes becomes passive and they just become viewers like they're watching TV. I always enjoy going to shows where I'm stimulated by thought. Not like you said, not saying like, what does that mean? But like getting into my brain and giving me new ideas or giving me new ways of thinking about things um, expressed to me. But like you said, you have your company. When did you want to even consider starting a company of this magnitude? Um... I, it's, it's interesting because when I first left the left Giordano's a long time ago, and um, you know, I was doing a lot of choreography and teaching, and I had dancers I would use, and I would just do projects or you know set works in these different festivals. And I remember people were always asking me, so I'm like, um, how do you do this with your company? And I would say, I don't have a company. These are just dancers I work with, and I created a piece. Mm-hmm. Um, and then even after that, when I was teaching at um, Shenandoah, and then I ended up leaving there, and then I was at U of I. Um, I ended up, um, basically, there, a friend of mine who taught at the university, they would, I guess, for their shows, they would bring in a company to, you know, be a part of guests during their show. And one year she would ask me, she's like, hey, I'm not going to bring a company, but I would love for you to just put a bunch of your works together and bring dancers in. So I did that. Mm-hmm. And it was really interesting because at that point, like, I hadn't thought about this again, but I was like, wow. they I mean, they killed it. It was just the first time where I actually thought about maybe doing this again. But then, mm-hmm. of course, not all of them. Well, basically all of them except for, like, one. After the damn fool. <laughs> and <laughs> couldn't fire them because we were in the middle of the show and it wasn't like a thing, you know, but their pay was not yeah. <laughs> accordingly. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but then I was like, you know, what? I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to put up with the headache of this, if these dancers, but, you know, so then after what happened was this piece, when I started teaching at Sam Houston, um, in 20, there were a lot of things that came up with this. And there's, it's interesting that you asked this because literally two days ago, it pulled up on my timeline, on yes. my Instagram, <laughs> on my Instagram timeline uh, during the rehearsal process of this one piece that I choreographed that it got invited to the Kennedy Center, and then most definitely was invited to Jacob's Pillow and all these different things because of, you know, significance of what it was doing. And I pulled up and I said, wow. And I was thinking, I said, this is the beginnings of SMCD four years ago, September 18, 2015. Is that right? No. What, yeah, two years ago? Yeah, 2015. Four years ago. Four years ago, yeah. And that pulled up. But that was the beginning. It just is one piece I had done, and it started some things. And so after that, I started doing some other things. And I said, you know, I'm going to do an evening. Yeah, I did an evening. This was 2018, February 2018 Mm -hmm. in Houston. I did an evening. It was called The Black Card. Um, Okay. Mm -hmm. I remember seeing that on social media, yeah. Yeah. 
did that. And then from that, some things just happened. There were a lot of other things that were going on as far as in the mix of what was being presented and stuff. And then I said, you know, I think I want to, I could probably do this. I'm gonna, I think I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. And, um, but at that point too, there was like some other coming up and being presented to me as far as possibly leaving or going to another institution. And, you know, then I just decided, I said, you know, I'm going to, um, um, you're gonna do this. Yeah, I'm gonna. Can you hear him? I'm sorry. Something. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm actually trying to call an Uber right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, because I have to go to this rehearsal. Yes. <laughs> no, but it's fine. It's all good. So I um. So yeah, it started, and I'm like, and I had an opportunity to move somewhere else to go to another university, and they wanted me to come, and I was like, well, I'm going to start this company, and they were really trying. They were like, yeah, um. They were like, maybe you should. Um, they said we can help with the company. We can fund this and fund that and all that stuff. I'm like, whoa, okay. Nice. Um, but then I was like, you know what? I really need to see what this can become before I just up and move all these dancers because they and they were all about moving and this and that. But you know, I mm-hmm. ended up staying and and th- yeah, this is kind of it. Just this is it. I, <sighs> I did. Our, we did our first home season. Actually, was in June. I thought it was going to happen earlier, and I don't know what I was thinking. So how I thought <laughs> I was going to do this in February. But yeah, we did it in June. And um, how many dancers there, do you have in the company? Now I have eight. Eight Whoa. boys, eight, eight women, eight men. I mean, four four men, four women. Four men, four women. Cis men, cis women. <laughs> yeah, they <laughs> have three male apprentices. Um, yeah, but it's great. Like, well, it's interesting because when I started the show in the beginning, like when I started, I had way more than that. But I'm not even kidding when I tell you that someone was getting fired every month. Right. Mm-hmm. I fired someone, and then it was like get to the point to where the show was in June. I was still firing people. I'm like, I'm like, going to be the only dancer in the show. But yeah. you know, it's like I'm only going. I'm with this. I'm going to only allow certain things. And if you want to be a part of this, this is what it is. If not, you know, you don't have to. But this is yeah. what this is going to be, and this is how it's going to be run. You know, if this is if you want to be a part of this. So we had that home season. Of course, there's always something. Some things came up, and it w- it went great. Showed well. Yeah. And so we have our next show is in October. October 25th, 26th is called The Human Condition. There's been some, um, yeah, we've had some, I've released some images already. And we yep. try to release something at least, like one new image every every month, every week. But then mm-hmm. probably we just re- recycle, you know, reshuffle older images to keep it on people's mind, you know. Yeah, of course. So, so yeah, I hear so stuff all that. the time. I mean, and you're doing so many great teaching things and your company is doing so well. What do you think in five years time, where do you want, what do you want your company to be doing? And bigger and, and stronger. I want it, I want it to be an international touring company. Mm-hmm. Like, simple. Yeah. Just spreading your voice as far as, as far as it can reach. Yep. Yeah. That's yep. awesome. Elijah. Um, I, I will let you go and do your thing and go to your, uh, go to your rehearsal, it's, but I really I'm not appreciate it. Actually, one of my company members will be doing it. I'm just going to sit and watch. Awesome. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure your your show is coming up next month, so I'm sure you're in the in the depth of all of it, trying to finalize things and get it all get it all going. But yeah, yeah. I really appreciate you taking time to talk to me. I really do. Oh, of course. Of course. So many great words of advice and knowledge for everybody. And your career is extensive and it's amazing. It's amazing how you did all that. Thank you again. Thank you. I'll talk to you soon. All righty. Bye. Bye bye. Thanks for joining in on the conversation. To view additional content, follow E's podcast on Instagram and Facebook. 
Be sure to subscribe and leave comments on the episode wherever this podcast can be found. See you next week.